Good morning, Real Life family and friends. It's good to be together again as we continue this series about real life and the fact that we have a real God and, and he allows us, you know, to be real people, but he has real answers for us today. That's what we've been really talking about and celebrating. And I'm just encouraged uh, just to be with you today, just to talk about our awesome God and how awesome he is to us. And we've been going through this series, but before I continue today, I just want to recognize the fact that this is Memorial Weekend, and tomorrow, of course, is Memorial Day. And this is the time that we recognize and remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, for our liberties, our safety, our freedoms, and as those men and women who have served in our country and lost their lives in battle. And also, even perhaps those who... Um, after the fact, uh, maybe through trauma and difficulties that they've been through, uh, some have taken their lives. We know that there's a lot of, of uh, veterans who have taken their lives just because of the uh, struggle of war and the things that they have been a part of. And so our hearts go out uh, to the family members of all of those men and women who have paid that ultimate price and our condolences and, of course, our thank you uh, to all of them. And let's just uh, pray right now as we, we begin this message together. Let's just pray a blessing on each family that has been affected by, uh, by those who have lost their lives for our country, okay? Let's pray together. God, we do pray for all these families with family members, Lord, who in wars past and in recent days perhaps have lost someone who has served our nation. And we pray, God, that you will just continue to give them strength and comfort and peace. And we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to love one another. And there's no greater love that one could show another than to lay his or her life down. And so, Lord, we thank you for the sacrifices of the men and women that have gone on before us uh, to protect us and provide for us the freedoms that we enjoy today. And we thank you for the men and women who are serving today uh, in our families and our neighbors that, that we know of. And Lord, we pray your protection on them today, uh, wherever they are, and that you continue to just be real to each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to finish the series on real life, but we're not going to finish our journey about real life. And we've been talking about four different categories or really steps of experiencing this real life. And the first one is to know God. And we spent two weeks talking about how we need to know God personally and intimately. And that's a lifelong journey for all of us to continue to discover and know God even closer and closer throughout all of our lives. And then find freedom. And this is where we begin to have the um, ability to live and be who God's called us to be. And so we, we begin to peel away the labels of the past. We begin to work through, um, you know, difficulties that we've been through. And we begin to understand who we are in God, who we are in Christ. And we begin to be set free from all the other hindrances, all the fears, all the inadequacies, all the labels of the past, all the hurts and the pains that we've gone through. And God heals our hearts. He heals our wounds. He heals our souls. He restores us. And it, and it begins to give us the freedom to really trust in the Lord and be who he made us to be, not who everybody else says we are or who we think we were, right? And then we go from finding freedom to discovering purpose. And we know that 
that we have a God of purpose and God has a purpose for our lives. And we've been talking about how that purpose is going to be involving changing people's lives around us. And then the last week and today, we're talking about making a difference. You know, when we know God and God comes to be upon us and he begins to heal us and set us free and we begin to discover that we have a purpose and that purpose is about eternity, then we are empowered with God's spirit to make a difference. And we're all unique. So we all have a unique way of making a difference, but it all has to do with touching people's lives. So I want to continue talking about what that looks like today as we finish this series. And the, the title of today is Sustaining a Spirit-Filled Life. Okay, so when we look at the book, uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, where we celebrated last week on Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the church, we see the early church in motion, as it's being born on that first day, there weren't any phone calls made. There weren't any flyers passed out. There was no uh, organized service. But all of a sudden, something happened and 3,000 people got saved. What happened? Was it the great preaching of Peter? Was it, uh, you know, the flyers that they didn't pass out? No. Was it the campaign that they did that they never did? No, because they didn't do it. It was one clear a reason for 3,000 people coming to know Jesus in that day. And it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's be really clear here. The only way any of us can ever make an impact in this world is when and in those moments where the Holy Spirit is flowing in us and through us because He is the only one that can change people's lives. Would you agree with me? God is the only one who really changes lives and transforms people's lives. And so I just want to be really clear as we celebrated the outpouring of the Holy Spirit last week, that we are celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit every single day because he, the Holy Spirit, God in us, the power of God in us is the only means by which anyone is saved. Anyone is changed. Anyone is healed. Can I get an amen from somebody? So here's what Jesus said in Acts chapter 2. Or actually, this is what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That's you and that's me. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And so Peter says, this is the Holy Spirit that you guys see. And it is the last days. And now you are seeing the fulfillment of this prophecy that the spirit of God himself, the very presence of God himself is now being poured out and poured in to his people. You and me, and that's the difference that, that we can make, is allowing God to fill us and flow through us to other people. And Jesus predicted this was going to happen. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and verse 8, says this. On one occasion, he, Jesus, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so today's memory verse, this week's memory verse, is a combination of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says, You will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And so Jesus says, there's going to be a, a, a moment where everything changes. You're going to receive, and the word for power there in the Greek language is the word dunamis. You're going to receive dynamite power from God when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be empowered to be my witnesses. You will have the ability, the empowerment through the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this world. Okay, so let's be clear. Without this empowerment from the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit himself flowing through us, we can't make a difference in this world. Because it's not me being a good person that makes a difference. It's not me having good intentions that makes a difference. It's not you working really hard to be a good person to try to make a change in this world that makes a difference. Listen to me. The kind of difference we're talking about is the saving of souls, the changing of hearts, the transforming of lives. And that is not a human work. That is a supernatural work of God. And only God can do that. And yet, God invites us to partner with him by trusting in him and allowing him to fill our lives and flow through us. And we have a front row seat to see God's power flowing into somebody else. It's not us. We are merely the container or the conduit or the pipeline of God moving through us. And so when we have those moments where you and I are right with God, when we are allowing and trusting the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us, and we, and we do that, we see great things happen. But when we're not in, in that position and we're maybe we're a little bit more self-centered or we're tired or we're cranky or we're worried or we're stressed or we're focused on ourselves or problems, right? And we're not flowing in the Holy Spirit, then we're just working out, you know, of our own effort, our own energy, sometimes our own frustration. And those moments of our lives aren't having an eternal impact around us. So to make a difference, what does it look like? What did it look like in the early church? What does it look like for you? Because the power that God is pouring out into us, into the believers, is the power that transforms people's lives from the Holy Spirit. The power that we need to live in freedom is from the Holy Spirit. The power that we need to establish heaven's will on earth is from the Holy Spirit. The power is not good Christian people trying really hard to be good and do good. Rather, this power is Christian people filled and trusting in the Holy Spirit in them and through them. That's the power of the church. So the only difference you and I can make in this world is through the activity of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And the more we're able to live that lifestyle, the more difference we are able to see have happen in our lives. Okay, so the question that we're really looking at here or the issue isn't how do I make a difference because we can't make a difference without the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I hope I'm answering that question really clearly. How do I make a difference? You make a difference by yielding to the Holy Spirit, by being spirit-led and spirit-directed, okay? That's how you do it. But you can't do that. It's God doing it, right? So the issue really isn't how do I make a, di a difference? The issue is how do I learn how to live in a trusting relationship with the Holy Spirit, 
and allow him to flow through me. That's the real issue. So today I want to talk about that. How do we live a spirit-led, spirit-directed life? How do we maintain that uh, together? And I believe we do that together as the church of Jesus Christ. And we see this in the early church. So I want to read kind of the character qualities of the early church and the healthy patterns that we can see in Scripture that empowered the early believers to maintain a lifestyle of being spirit-led and spirit-directed because that's what makes a difference in our world. Now, let's just talk practical for a second. You know, in the daily details of life, right, we've got things to do, bills to pay, jobs we have. We're bumping into people all day long. And, and all the while, it's hard not to get caught up in just the routine of life, right? But the Christian, and what we've been talking about here in this series is we have a higher purpose than just surviving the day, you know, getting through all of our activities, meeting all of our responsibilities. We have a much bigger purpose for our life, right? It's to impact eternity by reaching souls. So if we're going to come at life from that angle, then we're trying to figure out how does my mundane life make a difference? And it's really this simple. It's in the mundane patterns of life that if we are spirit-filled and spirit-directed and spirit-led, there are God moments all the time in this conversation, in, in this decision I need to make, in this action that I take. Because my attention is on heaven, my, my heart is filled with, with the Holy Spirit and His love, and He is influencing my thinking, influencing my face, influencing my thoughts, influencing my decisions, influencing the conversations I'm having with people. He's even influencing the, the agenda of my day as I'm tuned into Him, okay? So, if I can learn to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in my life, I will be making a huge difference even in the mundane activities of my normal life. Amen? But when I'm not focused like that, when I'm just focused on myself, you know, we're missing God moments all the time. We could be missing these divine moments that could touch somebody's heart, that could change somebody's life, that could have a prayer that would set someone free. And there's so many things like that that God wants to do in us and through us. So that's what we're talking about. So look at the early church in Acts chapter 2. I want to read verses 42 to 47 for you. Okay. It says, They, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So first of all, the number one um, you know, healthy pattern that I see here is that the church was devoted to the word of God, to the to learning the scriptures, to learning from the apostles, the teaching. So the apostles' teaching was about Jesus, about the gospel, and about the word of God, okay? So they would take the word of God, the Old Testament, and they would reveal Jesus to the, to the church and say, this is what a fulfillment of this verse, a fulfillment of that verse. This is who we are. This is in the context of God's story of where we are in history right now and who Jesus is. So the church was devoted to the word of God. Are you devoted to the word of God? That's what we're going to talk about in a few minutes. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So they're devoted to the church itself as a group, as a family. I like to call our, our church a family, our spiritual family. They were devoted to the spiritual family. There is a corporate calling on real life. 
And we need to be devoted to that corporate calling because we all have a part to play in that. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, in this passage, the breaking of bread actually is talking about communion. And every week we do communion here at Real Life because of the spiritual and physical and practical impacts of Jesus's resurrection, right? His suffering, his death, and his resurrection for us. We'll talk about that as well. And he says, and they were devoted to prayer, the power of prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. Now, this is sharing meals, this type of breaking bread. And ate together and gl with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, <clears throat> I picked this passage because... The last verse said, God was adding to their number every day more souls for eternity. The early church had these patterns. The DNA of the early church was devotion to what I'm going to identify as seven healthy spiritual patterns that maintained a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-directed life that caused the church to grow every single day. Every day, more and more people were getting saved. We're trusting in Jesus as Lord and Savior. We're experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, because we know that all of us, we only come to God through the power of God himself, through God drawing us. That's what Jesus said in John 6, 44, that, uh, that the only ones who come to, to, the, to, to God are those who the Father himself draws. Okay, and so we know that this is not a work of man. This is a work of God, but God does that work through the church. So let's look at these seven things. But before I do, look at the results or these, these words that are kind of used in this passage. Isn't this cool? There was awe. There were signs and wonders. There was unity in the church. There was great generosity. <clears throat> there was gladness of hearts or joy. There was authenticity. They were sincere with one another. There wasn't any fake relationships going on. People were real, authentic, sincere. There was worship. There were friendships. People were at each other's homes, eating together. I would call that life groups, right? And there was the favor of all the people was upon the church. They looked at them with favor because there was great things happening. God was moving. They were generous. They were kind. They were filled with joy. They had a good reputation and all the people um, showed them favor and there was fruitfulness. There was impact, right? They were making a difference because people's lives were being changed. That's who I want to be a part of. That's what real life church is all about, right? We want to be a part of making a difference in this world. We want to be filled with joy. We want to be generous. We want to be making a difference. We want to be serving the needs of people around us. We want to have real authentic relationships and life groups together. We want to be devoted to God's word. We want to see signs and wonders. We want to be in awe of what God is doing. Come on. So if we want these things and we want to live this type of a life of making a difference, then we need to make sure we have these healthy spiritual patterns in place, okay? So let's go through these one at a time real, real quickly, all right? Number one, 
be devoted to learning God's word. I talk about this all the time. This is such an incredibly important starting point for all believers throughout our lives is that we're dedicated, we're devoted to learning God's word. One of the verses that I, I hold dear to my heart is 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And it simply says, all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God, uh, one of the things I like to say about the word of God is it teaches us. It teaches us how to know God, who we are and, uh, and all these wonderful benefits. And so are you devoted to the word of God? That's what the early church was, was doing. Now for us to be filled with the spirit, right? If we put these seven things in place and we maintain these seven healthy patterns, then we will continue to flow in the spirit. But when any of these seven start to fall away, it's, it's hard for us to be filled with the spirit. In fact, we start getting filled with other things like worry or stress or loneliness or, you know, all these other types of things. Okay. So the word of God anchors us and continues to feed us, but it teaches us. The word of God teaches us. All right. Number two that I see in the early church is they were devoted to one another. They were devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to the church family. Are you devoted to the church family? Because the church family provides for us. Okay, just like the word of God teaches us, the church family provides for us, but we're part of that family. So we're also part of God's provision to one another. And we need each other and we're better with each other. We're better together. And so we need to be devoted to one another. You are not able to be fully fruitful on your spiritual journey without your spiritual family. You need to be rooted so that you can blossom, okay? You are a part of the body of Christ. Philippians 2.3 says, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It's not just about ourselves anymore. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. So if we are living in a family where every family member is looking out for each other's interests, can you imagine how, how awesome that would be instead of everybody looking out for their own interests? And so that's what God calls us to do is to love one another as Christ has loved us and gave his life away. We are to give our lives away for one another. I know it's hard. We don't always do this perfectly. In fact, we don't always do this perfectly. We do hurt each other. We do let each other down. But we have to keep striving to get better at this. This is just real life, right? And sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong. But we need to keep growing in our love for one another because we need each other. We are not supposed to do this thing alone, okay? Number three, in the early church, we see that they were devoted to communion. Now, why? Why would they take communion often? They probably took communion every day because it says they were gathering together in the temple courts every day. And, uh, and now we, as, a, as real life, we do communion every week but there is no limit to how much you can do communion. I know some people that do communion on their own every single day. You don't have to, but as much as you do it or as often as you do it, do it with faith and with the purpose in mind. And here's the purpose, okay? Communion helps cleanse us from our, from our a guilty conscience and from shame. 
All right. It also cleanses our bodies from sickness and from disease. And it cleanses our soul from offense and hurts. Okay. Because what Jesus did on the cross, he said, now take this communion in remembrance of what I am doing for you. And what he did for us is he paid for our sin so we don't have to live with a guilty conscience or shame anymore. He took on our sicknesses and diseases so we can have his health and wholeness. And he bore our rejection, our hurts, our sorrows, so that our soul can be healed from the hurt done against us by other people. So that we can be free and we can be full of God. And so every time we do communion, we're actually doing it to be healthy spiritually, to be healthy physically, to be healthy emotionally. Okay, here's one of the verses I like to think about when I do communion. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought him peace was upon him, or that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. When you study the scriptures, you see that what Jesus did in his death, uh, his suffering and his death and his resurrection wasn't just for our sin. It was also for our bodies. It was also for our hurts. And so communion reminds us that we can be set free. We can be healed. We can be cleansed. Isn't that beautiful? So we do that often so that we are maintaining our souls, our bodies and our spirits. Amen. All right. So the other church was doing this. This was one of the healthy patterns they had to maintain a spirit-filled, spirit-directed life. Number four, they were devoted to prayer. I mean, we talk about prayer a lot in our church. Prayer empowers us. Prayer is the means by which we establish heaven's will on the earth. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, right? This is how you pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus is like, this is part of the prayer that you need to be praying. That's what prayer does. And James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so maybe how are you doing with your prayer life? Do you need to be praying more? Do you need to be declaring God's word more over your life and over your situations? Um, you know, you, are you taking God's breath and are you speaking and agreeing with God's word with that breath to activate the will of heaven on the earth? So if any of these areas are lacking in our lives, you know, it's likely that we're going to experience a diminishing ability to be filled and flowing in the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's my point. Number five, be devoted. They were all devoted and we need to be devoted to serving. They were serving one another's needs, even to the degree of selling their own possessions like homes and things like that, property, to gather the money to meet the needs of the people uh, around them. And we know this, that when we begin to serve, when we begin to do what God's put on our heart to do, and we see a need and we meet it, we see a hurt and we heal it, we see an opportunity and we step in to make a difference, we know that we are the ones that are being blessed by that. Of course, we're making a difference there, but it energizes us. And that's what I put down here is that serving energizes us. It, it, it brings us to life. Jesus put it this way. Uh, we're, it is more blessed to give, right? To serve and give and, and reach out than it is to, um, to receive. 
And we know that is true. And so it's important for us to continue to be serving. Otherwise, we get, begin to start to turn everything back towards ourselves and we get selfish and self-centered. And then our world shrinks. And so serving helps expand our lives. It helps give us that energy. All right. Sixthly, they were devoted and we need to be devoted to worship. Worship. We need to be worshiping God. You know, I just really want to encourage you to be devoted to coming to Sunday mornings. If you can't come right now because of the, 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 your health condition and, and so on, then you need to come to this time as you are right now watching and feeding your spirit and worshiping God because worship fills us. We were made to worship God. We need to worship God. And so uh, don't just limit your worship to some song set on a Sunday morning or, you know, to some songs on the radio, but worship God with your life all the time, being cognizant of him and his presence, of worshiping him, giving him thanks throughout your day because you need to be worshiping God to be filled with his spirit. Uh, Jesus said this in John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we need to worship God because he is a spirit. And as we do worship God, his spirit just kind of re-energizes us and fills us and flows in us and feeds our spirits, right? And the last pattern I want to mention, number seven, that I see in the early church that helped them maintain this kind of lifestyle of being spirit-led and spirit-directed is they were devoted to friendships, you see this intimacy of friendships where people were coming into each other's homes. They were seeing each other daily. They were sharing their lives together. And here at Real Life, we call that life groups where you got to have friendships of authenticity, of realness, because we need to love and be loved, right? We need to learn how to support, but also be supported. We need to be known and to know one another. And we can't do that with a big crowd, but we can do that with a couple of people. And so we encourage everyone here at Real Life to get connected to a life group. And we, well, a couple of times a year, we create new life groups so that there's more opportunities for people to do that. But we need personal relationships, you know, that are that of, of people that know us and care about us and are sharing our life together, not just one Sunday to the next, but during the week on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a couple of times on the phone, you know, knowing each other, engaged in each other because we need that support because life is tough and we're not always going to be on top, although we want to be. We go through struggles and we need each other because those friendships help protect us. We can protect someone else when we see them struggling or hurting. We can lift them up when they fall down. Uh, but when we don't have anyone, there's no one there to pick us up. There's no one there to share our hurts with. There's no one there to, to correct us or kind of speak some common sense to us, you know. And uh, sometimes we need a kick to get us going again. Sometimes we need a hug. Sometimes we need some support and encouragement. And we need to be that for one another as well. This is what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.22. Love one another deeply from the heart. Now, there's just not enough time in the day for us to do that with everybody in the church. This is impossible. But we can do that with a couple of people. And that's what you need. How are your friendships? Do you have those kind of devoted friendships? And so I just want to challenge you to look at this list today. Take inventory of these seven things, okay? God's word, the church family, communion, prayer, 
serving, worship, and friendships. Look at this list and say to yourself, which one area on this list of seven uh, could really use a boost? What would be the one area that if I could just, you know, boost that up, make a new commitment to that area in my life, uh, that that would make, start making a difference? Because this is what I have found out in my own life. When I start feeling down, I start feeling lonely. If I start feeling like, what's the point? Or I get a bad attitude or I start making bad decisions. You know, if I would take the time to look at this list, I guarantee you that at, at least one and sometimes a couple of these areas have fallen off in my life and it began to have an impact on my attitude or, you know, my, my feelings or just the, the overall pressures of life. And, but when we are functioning in these seven patterns, healthy patterns, then it helps maintain all of the different things that we need in order to be filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God. So if we want to really make a difference in this world, we need to maintain this health, these healthy patterns you know, that God has given us, and that's why we have the church. That's why we have each other. And, uh, and that's why we do what we do. Because we can't just keep giving and giving and giving and not living and enjoying and tapping into the constant need or in the constant source of the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us. Remember, none of us can make a difference in this world apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. So let's do everything we can to learn how to connect and maintain that connection and that trust of God in us flowing through us. All right? And as we close this, uh, this message today, I just want to challenge you to look at this inventory and pick the, the one that is the weakest in your area, in your life, weakest area in your life, and boost it up. Redevote yourself to it. Recommit to it. And if there's a couple of areas that have just really fallen off, then recommit because you need these patterns to maintain your spiritual vitality. And I want to just give you an update of how we already are, and we always have been, but just recently, how real life is making a difference. I want to celebrate with you what we're doing right now to make a difference in this world. So over the last oh, couple of weeks, uh, and, and actually probably longer than that, maybe a month or so, there's been a real crisis going on in India. And I just received an email this last week from Banu and his wife, Dina, and telling us about the situation. I want to update the church on what's going on in India and what we're doing to try to help, okay? So I'm going to read this for you. It says, We are doing well and are safe and healthy as a family by God's grace. There's a lot of turmoil and chaos all around. The second wave of COVID-19 has really gripped the nation in a paralyzing way. We wake up to the news of thousands of fatalities and the desperate pleas of people for hospital beds and oxygen cylinders for their loved ones who are dying. Graphic images of dead people on hospital floors, in the hospital car parks, are doing the rounds on social media and news channels. Crematoriums and mortuaries are running out of space. Dead bodies floating in the hundreds have been spotted in several places on the River Ganges. Over 275,000 people have lost their lives to this pandemic. 
In this situation, we as a church have been bringing a message of hope to the lost and the broken. It's all the more evident that there is only one hope in Jesus. Amen. Even though I had to conduct the funeral of one of our church members and take care of several believers who got affected with COVID, we are more aware of the presence of God in our lives than ever before. He is close to the brokenhearted and a very present help in our times of need. During these challenging times, we want to continue to be the light and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to serve the people whom nobody is helping and to take care of the widows and the oppressed. Due to the lockdown imposed because of the pandemic, millions of people are suffering and are on the verge of starvation. Of the 4,000 churches in India to whom we provide leadership, thousands of families are in basic necessities uh, for survival, in need of basic necessities for survival. We have identified close to 12,000 families across 18 regions who need help. We have a plan to put together a kit which will include groceries and basic amenities for daily living. It will cost a thousand rupees, which is about 14 American dollars for this kit, which will be sufficient for an average family for a month. We are taking cooked meals out to the streets every day in Kolkata for about 150 people who are totally dependent upon this. We will be doubling it this week as we are having to turn down many who approach us. There is a huge need in the slums of Calcutta for groceries and medical kits, including masks, sanitizers, hand gloves, and PPE kits. We are in the forefront helping and mobilizing through our connections and with the generosity of friends. Just wanted to reach out to you if you could help mobilize or raise support for the cause of the people who are on the brink of starvation. If we stand together, we can make a big difference and help people who are going without the basics of life. And so that is from Dina and Benu Thampi. And uh, as a church, I shared this email with some of our staff and our elders. Now I'm sharing it with you. And already our, our elders uh, have decided to take $5,000 immediately and send that to India. A few other people who have heard about this uh, have also pledged $2,000. So we have, I think, $9,000 right now that we are going to be sending this week to India to help feed those people in need. And I'm asking for you to please pray. Pray for the situation and pray for Banu and Dina and their church and all their family members who are there on the front lines, uh, right in the front lines, uh, you know, dealing with these people and living the gospel out trying to love people right where they are and meeting needs. And you are also right there on the front lines. I know that we're not there. We're not seeing the people. We're not touching the people. But our church is making a difference right now in India with thousands of people who are, are just struggling to, to make it, to survive. And the love of God is going out across this world through you and through I and through real life as we have, you know, just followed God's prompting, the Holy Spirit, to give uh, to this, this um, ministry and to help these people. So thank you and please be praying for them and that our money would even multiply, the effect of our gift would multiply even more than what we are able to do in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray for India. We pray for these people. 
Lord, we pray wisdom and grace upon Benu and his family and his, his team and his church and all the hands of Christ right now on bodies that are serving the needs of the people. Bless them and protect them, Lord, from sickness and disease and let all these gifts that we give multiply and we pray for a multiplication of the food, a multiplication of the resources, a multiplication of the money to meet the needs, to touch people's lives, to save lives and to save souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, here in Montrose, I wanted to share this with you. Our staff was brainstorming the other day, and we know it's been a really difficult uh, year for a lot of people, including our teachers in and out and all kinds of extra challenges they've had to deal with. And, uh, and so we decided that we're going to be giving a $5 gift card for coffee to every one of our staff members in the, the Montrose School District. So we're going to be doing that in the next week or so. So isn't that cool that we can just be a blessing right here in our own community and we're going to give them a card. We're just going to tell them, hey, thank you for persevering through a difficult year. And here's a, here's a cup of coffee uh, from real life, okay? And we're just trying to, again, communicate our appreciation and our love and our support of people right here in our own community as well. And then, of course, our vision campaign, we are looking to renovate and rejuvenate our property, including a brand-new parking lot, a sign, our bathrooms. And so I want to just thank everybody who's already given towards this campaign. Last week, we had, uh, I think, $32,000 come in already. And during the week, we've also had an additional $15,000 pledge. So we're up to $45,000. Plus, we had about $68,000 saved up. So out of the $230,000 that we're looking to raise, we already have $115,000. So we are halfway to our goal already. And if you would like to give, I encourage you to give uh, so that we can finish uh, the vision that God's called for us just to renovate this property, to make it a great place for people to come and meet Jesus. Um, you can give online or in person or through the app. And you could even make a pledge, which we're hoping all pledges will be uh, fulfilled by December 1st. But if you'd like to make a pledge, you can also make a pledge online or in person. We have cards that you can fill out here at the church. But be praying for that as well, that we can have more than enough to do what God's called us to do. But I'm really excited and, and pleased with our progress already. We're praying for even better bids to come in on some of our projects. And so just continue to be praying for all of these needs as we move forward to make a difference in this world. Remember, we are looking to impact eternity, right? We're not just living our lives for earth purposes. We are living to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And I would like to pray for you uh, before I close this, this time with you. First of all, I want to invite you, if you're watching and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to receive him right now by faith that you place your faith in Jesus. He will forgive you of all your sins. He will he will give you a new spirit. You'll be born again and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And also I want to pray for those of you who know there's an area of your life that's really been kind of lacking or that you've trailed off in that you want to make a fresh commitment, a fresh devotion to that because you recognize that you're just kind of in a little funk or things just aren't going that great for you. And yes, while life is tough, I believe even when it's tough, we can still live a spirit-filled spirit-directed life of impact on those around us. That we can't just wait for all of the circumstances in life to be perfect for us to then try to make a difference. But through the grace of God and the Spirit of God in us, even in the midst of storms, God has called us to live above the chaos 
and to make a difference in this world. And if you just need that encouragement, I want to pray for you that you'd be encouraged, but also that you'd be drawn into a fresh devotion and commitment to these seven healthy patterns that we know God has given us to maintain our spiritual health and vitality in Him. Because the only difference we're ever going to make is through the Holy Spirit filling us and flowing through us. So let's pray together, okay? First of all, for those of you who are going to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me lead you in a prayer. So pray this with me from your heart, okay? Say, Jesus, thank you that you died for me. You paid for my sins so I could be saved and have new life in you and be born again. So today, I place my faith in you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sin. I give my entire life to you and fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life you made for me to enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me pray for the rest of us now. God, I just thank you for your word. I pray by your spirit, whatever stood out in our hearts, Lord, from you today, if there's an area of our life or several areas of our lives, God, you're just reminding us we need to, we need to just get devoted to that. We need to recommit to that. Lord, I pray for those who are going to be doing that right now, God, that you will just give them clarity in their life of the priorities that need to be in place so that we can put ourselves in a position to receive from you, to be healthy in you so that we can be filled with you and overflowing with you. We recognize, God, that it is only you in us that, that can change people's hearts, that can save people's souls, that can transform people's lives. And we thank you for doing that for us. And now, God, I just pray for Real Life Church. I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, today that you will do such a great and awesome work in us and through us that we too, like the early church, will be in awe. We will see signs and wonders. We will have real and authentic relationships. We will have joy. There will be a spirit of generosity and giving upon us. We will enjoy the favor of all the people and we will see a daily addition to the family of God because of people giving their lives to you. Lord, do a great work in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let me bless you guys before you go. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. If I haven't seen you in a while, can't wait to see you soon. Uh, be blessed, be filled, make a difference. Amen. We'll see you soon.